Welcome to the Night Shift Football Podcast, episode 95. We're back for another year. It's 2023. Uh, Tommy's here with me. We're going to go over some Ligue 1, some Old Firm, some Premier League. Uh, we're getting close to raising the bat, man. Uh, having a bat, raising the bat, 100 runs, 100 episodes. We're getting there. However it works, dude. However yeah. you want to work it. Um, uh, do we have to, do we, com- do we commemorate it in some way or... Are we no. just, or we're just going to get a little bit nervous beforehand and uh, find ourselves out on 99? Yeah, we could get, we could be run out. Run out sure. on 99. Magic Theme of the scenes. summer. Yeah. Uh, it could be a no ball though. And we might get to come back and have another go. That's enough of that chat. Uh, I was going to ask you, how are you finding the, uh, we're back to somewhat, some sort of non-World Cup time normality, whatever that is. Uh, how are you finding the non-World Cup times? Do you think it's that normal? Given no, it's that- not. No, we're about to watch like a third match day of Premier League in the space of a week. Yeah. It just continues. It's never ending roller coaster of emotions. And the A League's on and Europe's coming back. And it's, yeah. oh, bro. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't I'm never stop. Gonna sleep again. We're, uh, we're recording on the Tuesday night, Tuesday night, 3rd of January. And it's, uh, you know, that's what it is. There's more Premier League games coming in just a few hours. Arsenal taking on Newcastle, one of them. Uh, we'll get to those games shortly. I was gonna, I was gonna start off with some Liga in the new year if I could. I like um, that you you brought this up beforehand, and I was like, really, why? And that yeah. it hit me. It hit me. Something must have happened in uh, PSG's have... world. If we're gonna talk about, <laughs> if we're gonna talk about Liga, it's gonna be PSG related because something must have happened to them. Something did happen to them. They've Liga has been back for a little while. They've played two games. Um, PSG won their first one. They beat Strasbourg. They got a 95th minute penalty. Uh, but Neymar was sent off in this game, which is fun, for diving. Diving? How hey. good? Was it a straight red for diving? Was it just so it was that second monstrous? Yellow. Yeah. yeah, but imagine imagine now we get to a point where second yellow uh, diving occurs more often. And then you can get to an area where straight reds are given for just such inauspicious dives. Yeah. Like absolute disrepute of the game. I'm still in favor of suspensions for diving. Yeah, that would be better. That would be better, Definitely. yeah. I mean, the second yellow, yes, but then suspended too because you're trying to deceive the ref. It's, it's criminal. Mm. We're in a world of VAR as well, why are you trying to dive? Well, that's it. Why does VAR not pick up more on diving, to be honest? Why do you not see more yellows handed out for it? Because it, yeah. this is still a big event when you see someone like Neymar get sent off for this. Well, I think in the in the rules of VAR is they can't intervene on yellow cards. So they can't give oh, out yellow cards or something. That's such a great but, shout. Um, yeah. No, you're exactly whereas right. Whereas if it's like, if there's a penalty or something, the referee can go look at it and go, oh yeah, it was handball and therefore a yellow or something like that. But the VAR can't mm-hmm. say, yeah, oh, no, give a yellow for this. Um, mm-hmm. But I'd love to see it with diving because it's just That'd to be good. the referee. Well, I mean, if the ref did call the pen and then went and had a look at it, because maybe they said to, it said to him in his ear, though, it's not really a penalty. And it looks like he has been conned then he should be able to dish out yellow cards for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they ended up winning that game. Neymar getting sent off was just fun. Uh, but the other night <laughs> they played uh, Lons away. I love that you just you glossed over the victory. <laughs> just like, I, did, yeah, I don't give a shit. Because we're moving on to their next game, which they lost 3-1 away to Lons. An absolute scenes. I encourage anyone to go watch the highlights of this. Just go to YouTube and you just type in the two teams' names and it's usually the first ones that come up because being sports do all the... Highlights on YouTube for free. Um, you can watch them, but a great game. of them. An absolutely packed 
Stadium and it was going ballistic. I had to do a little checkup on Lons because I know they've been a bit of a yo-yo club in the past. This is their third season up in Liga at the moment. Um, they were runner-up in League Two. League Two? <laughs> I didn't know what to say, so I just said two. <laughs> Three seasons ago. Um, but they're up here. They're currently now in second place and they've moved within four points of PSG with that win. So, I mean, Huge. PSG, uh, I guess we always thought they were doing it pretty comfortably. They probably still will do it comfortably. I mean, they're playing without Neymar at the moment and uh, Messi and some others, but, um, you know, they've still got the depth there, don't they? Yeah, you would, you're would. you expecting them to continue just wiping teams away, but that might be... it's. It's a side that still has Donnarumma, Ramos, Marquinhos, Hakimi, mm. uh, Danilo Pereira, Marco mm. Verratti, Carlos Soler, mm. um, Kylian Mbappe, and the famous Hugo uh, Ekitike. Oh, I'm so glad to see the legend Ekitike get some minutes because obviously it's hard for him to get into this squad, even with his extensive experience. Mm. Um, another, <laughs> he scored a decent goal. Um, but this, yeah, like you said, this game was absolute dynamite in the stands. And when you get a sniff of that at home and you are a side traveling quite well, their form's not too bad. I don't think they've lost in six or seven. They're, you know, you can come up against sides who are a little bit hampered, missing their star players. It's good to see. Hopefully it does turn into some kind of title contest. Um, Because like you said, you just automatically assume that PSG are going to walk in anything that they're doing domestically. Yeah, absolutely. It makes it much more fun when there's a bit of a title a title chase happening, bit of a, a bit of a battle up the top. Um, and obviously it's also fun when PSG lose. This was one of That's those ones. Thing. Um, I've, I think I've already mentioned the crowd, but they were just absolutely pumping. This stadium was chockers. And then when they scored, the eruptions were huge and the PSG complaints to the referee every time there was a goal because they're PSG and no one's allowed to score against them, remember? <laughs> it's even larger. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's it. That's the only reason we included Liga. That's all we care about. <laughs> nice. The PSG rant over for another week. PSG loss. Should we it's move so on good. to some... It's, yeah, it's so yeah. good to have the Europod back because we haven't been able to shit on PSG for a no, while. You just like shitting on PSG. We all do. Um, Given that they've got two World Cup finalists in their starting 11. Yeah, it seems funny to do. Yeah. It's been a while, but... And watch. Obviously, there was an old firm the night before recording... Um, Wow, I don't really know where to start with this one. This is probably one of the worst performances by both sides in pat- in patches. Oh, both sides were bad. pretty awful. And yeah, it was it wasn't a good game, particularly the first half. Uh Celtic found themselves 1-0 up early through Dazen Maeda. Uh a shocking pass from Morelos Nob and then no. a a terrible touch from uh James Tavernier, which is pretty unlike him. Sent Maeda through, they were 1-0 up. But from then, Press Celtic on. dominated the ball the first 20 minutes. And then Joe Hart had a moment in about the 26th minute. Joe Hart had a moment where he kicked the ball into the striker and it went up in the air. And then he had to, he was forced to make a great save from it. And um, from there, it looked like the momentum went away from Celtic and Rangers found themselves on top, but their finishing was woeful. They couldn't find the net. Um, second half comes along. Ryan Kent pulled out some magic, uh, just a little. He does this really good, like little cut quickly onto his right foot, and then shoots for the far post. He 
everyone knows what he's going to do, but he kind of manages to get away with it. I don't think he's not had a fantastic year for Rangers, but um, he's, he seems to liven up in these games as a lot of players do. And then it's difficult not to. <laughs> yeah. And then Starfelt gave away a ridiculous, a ridiculous penalty. He came flying across lunging. I don't know why. I don't know why he's sliding like that. Um, Hit of the moment. <laughs> he gives away the penalty and, if you ever want to see a tutorial on how to take a penalty, uh, Harry Kane should probably go have a look. But James Tavernier's penalty record is incredible. And this one was as top bin as it gets. Did you see this? I didn't see any of it. I, I'll, I'll admit to you, you know my disgruntlement with KO. I just yeah. refused. I just refused. And so I chose to watch uh, Glass Onion instead on Netflix. And did I did I make the right decision? This penalty is um, You may have. I think you may have, yeah. The second mm-hmm. half was more livelier, but Rangers made a game of it and Celtic were forced to try and fight back. But yeah, Tavernier's pen was was unreal. And then uh, Celtic do what they always kind of do at the moment and it's just fine late goals. And they found an 88-minute equaliser through Kyogo. Um, overall... It's that, it's that Aussie DNA, mate. Yeah, overall, I think Celtic are coming away from it thinking what... My, both sides will feel like they've lost here because Celtic come away feeling a missed opportunity to go 12 points ahead. And when you look at the teams on paper and in and on form, you would have to say Celtic probably are the better side. And I think mm-hmm. the league table accurately shows that. Um, I was going to say, in some sense, they did both lose. But then in a more practical sense, really it was Rangers <laughs> that lost. <laughs> yeah, but in the end, Celtic will probably take the point in the end because it does hold a nine-point gap. And considering they were 2-1 down to right at the death, uh, Rangers would be livid with that because that was a chance yeah. to get it back to six points yeah. at home, 2-1 up, and they just couldn't hold on. I think the difference in the end might have been uh, – shout out firstly, I think man of the match was probably John Lundstrom for Rangers in centre mid. He, mm-hmm. I think he was fouled about six or seven times as well. He kept getting kicked. Um Callum McGregor was good for Celtic, but Lundstrom was... Excessive fouling. Yeah. Lundstrom was great for Rangers. And Fashion Sakala, who did bits on Josip Juranovic, who we'll get to later, who's rumoured to be apparently off to Chelsea because Chelsea want to buy everyone. But Juranovic came on for an injured Greg Taylor and was awful. He was absolutely awful. Mm, Um, Good to see. Sakala ripped him to pieces, but just didn't have quite have the finishing touches. Um yeah, I don't know. Disappointing kind of derby in the end. I know there was four goals, but I think both sides would admit it was a bit of a fizzler. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did recall seeing you guys talking about uh, just a tragic 10 minutes of football. And whenever you hear that in a game, uh, I'm thinking it is one well, well, well skipped. Personally. Yeah, I, n- I know these games often do get messy, but okay. this was like, this was like really it's bad. Where like tragic. Guys- the team couldn't put like two passes together and then the other team couldn't either. And it was just, yeah, horrible. But anyway, that's that. Uh, Angers Celtic take a nine point lead forward and uh, probably, probably take that because the mm. next derby will be at home. So. And he got, he got to keep his sweater this time. No need to be yeah. throwing that around after. Oh, I was sorry. I was meant to say, I forgot. I got sidetracked there, but yeah, the, the difference probably was the bench. You know, Celtic are bringing on, like, Aaron Moy came on, changed the game a bit. Diogo Jota came, uh, not... (laughs) (laughs) Talk about Chelsea signing everybody. Wrong Jota. Jota came on, changed the game a bit. Um, They just had, like, more quality to come on. Uh, Jacka Marcus came on, 
just a bit more quality Celtics. So Rangers didn't really have that coming off the bench. Some of their subs were a bit a bit inferior, weren't quite up to it. But mm-hmm. there we are. Need, that's that's need, Scotland. It definitely needed more Kamara Roof. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, one of the commentators even said in the first half, uh, Kamara Roof, it looked like it was set up for someone like him to get on with pace and get in behind Celtics defenders because when Fashion Sakala started doing that in the second half, Rangers looked dangerous and they looked like they were going to score with every attack. Uh, but no, they persist with that fat idiot Morelos up front who is useless when Kamar Roof's on the bench and probably could have would have caused Starfelt some problems because that guy thinks he's on on the pitch on his own sometimes, dawdling on the ball and taking his time. But yeah, there we go. That's Scotland. You happy? I, I, yeah, I'm, you know, indifferent to what just happened then. <laughs> well, there more, we go. It's more for our fans of the uh, Haggis variety. Haggis, our Haggis listeners will uh, won't mind it, although most of them are Rangers fans, so we'll see. <laughs> All right, let's do some English top flight football because the Premier League's been back. We were kind of umming and ahhing how far back do we go because our last episode was about the World Cup final. We're not going to go all the way back, but I think we're just going to do this weekend's, some of this weekend's fixtures. Uh, you a few. You wanted to talk about Wolves and Man United, which I find interesting because we were together while this was on and... Neither of us were in much of a state to be analysing football games. Uh, that's implying we do any analysis of it when we're not in a state. Or... It was it was a 11pm New Year's Eve fixture. That's an interesting one for us, but we, you know, like with so many Man United fans, they just seem to coalesce around the TV. And, you know, I thought, oh, Wolves, you know, a little bit of a bogey side. Maybe they can get in there and cause an upset and I can throw some, I can dangle some bait out and get some people fired up on New Year's Eve. No, apparently not. Apparently, Man no. United are now a top four team and 10 hogs at the wheel and just on and on and on it went. Yeah, uh, I, didn't, I don't know. A bit of a nothing match for me, really. I, we're not interested with these sort of things up the top of the table at the moment, but... Um, <laughs> that battle for fourth, yeah, pish. The battle, the battle for fourth. Arsenal could well find themselves in fourth at some point anyway. Um, United... <laughs> Confident, clearly. Yeah, United just stringing the results together. Um, they're in good prem form. They're like, doing enough, and I think. That. Yeah, like Liverpool and Tottenham keep shitting the bed as well, which helps. Um, and with, for as much as I think we've said this before, but for as much as we love giving them shit, they kind of do grind results still. They really do. There's a resilience to it. There's it's the organization I think of having a proper, not yep. saying Ollie like. Ollie wasn't a proper manager. He well, did some things. He won some games. I, you know, there was a trophy in there. I'm sure of it. And everyone felt good about it. That was the thing. Everyone felt good about Ollie being there. But you got Ten Hag, um, a disciplinarian, who seemingly will drop his best player for simply sleeping in. Sammy, do you want to elaborate more? Marcus Rashford sensationally left on the bench because he slept through his alarm <laughs> and missed the team meeting in the morning. Um, to be fair, the team meeting was, I think was about, you know, the selection of the squad. So it doesn't look great <laughs> if the guy you've picked isn't actually in the room. Like, yeah, he might. He's coming. He's coming. Uh, I just, I don't know. Harsh, good man end up, ends up coming off the bench to win it for him. Right decision. Ah, who knows? He's, he's obviously got his standards and he can, uh, he'll live and die by them, I guess, because, you know, if it works out fine, no one will say anything, but. 
if it's they lose this game, out, right? if they lose this game and Rashford doesn't do anything and uh, people will question, but you know, is what it is. They got the points, so it doesn't matter. That's what it matters. What's the um? What's the worst thing you've ever missed oversleeping? Um, I think I've just been like really late for work or something, or like, Ugh, who yeah, cares? So that's it. You know, that's, whatever. No, he gives a fuck. Yeah, that's that's. But that's the meme. Same thing for him. Do you ever get dropped from work? You're just told to sit on the sidelines no. for half the day. Uh, what do you think this means for Wolves at the moment? Oh, they're trash, dude. Like they're pretty ordinary, they're, aren't they? They are, and they they really make me feel better as a Leeds United supporter because it's just that one team that is a little bit worse than us that should yeah. go down. You just need that's to what, keep that's hoping, what I'm hoping that there's for. more teams that are just shitter than you. Um, at the moment, I think we're Basically, all, I are we all putting through. a line through. Are we all putting a line through Southampton? It feels Their like time, Southampton's it? time. Yeah. They've been they have the youngest teetering. squad in the Premier League. Been teetering on the edge for a long time. And yeah. now it's time. <laughs> it's time. Five losses time. in a row doesn't read well, does it? Yeah. Get out. Get out of the comp. Done. When you're, when you're hiring a guy who, like Nathan Jones, very common name in my primary school. I reckon there was at least four guys named Nathan Jones. You can't just bring in your everyday run-of-the-mill named man. It's yeah. not going to work. This is the Premier League. <laughs> Get some exotic names. Yeah. Right Where's your Unai Emery's? Well, we'll get to that. Don't you worry. First, though, um, I guess we can talk about these together, but City, Man City were held to a draw by Everton, and then later on, Arsenal defeated Brighton 4-2, which saw them extend their lead at the top. I don't know if you have any points on either of these two games, but what's what do you want to chat about here? Uh-oh. I thought it was an odd price about Arsenal pre-game. $2. I tell you what, Brighton are a decent side, sure. Uh, obviously, good home record as well, but it just it feels like we're not taking Arsenal seriously enough. Mm, do you think so? I feel I still maybe that they played Newcastle um, Wednesday morning, and that may dictate where Arsenal, where, where they are basically in the table and whether or not they're going to mount a serious title challenge. But it gets to a point now where you've won 14 of 16 games or whatever it is. And I think if this was a City or Liverpool in that kind of form right now, with this kind of lead, you would also you would pretty much be saying, okay, they're, they're done in this kind of, um, in the environment of the league right now, the way that's set up. Yeah, I think there's just a lot of trust issues with Arsenal, isn't there? They're still lingering... <laughs> Lingering trust issues. There's that an why implosion brought, never far away. They brought Arsene back to the stadium just to try and get all of that out in the open. Here we go. Our ex is back. There's no more trust issues. We're all he, together holding hands. Mum and dad still get along. He just generally loves it. He's always there. He <laughs> loves it. They didn't just wheel him out. They don't just go and get <clears throat> Arsene Wenger and just wheel him out like a like he's some toy that lives there. He goes. <laughs> he regularly attends. He likes Arsenal. <laughs> some ghost of the stadium that they just like, here, we, we really need some influence right now. Nearly headless, Wenger. How can you be nearly headless? Like this. Brilliant. Anyway, um, where was I going? Uh, well, uh, anyway. So- somewhere where Odegaard's playing the ball, I imagine. Oh, I was going to get to that, but first it was City and Everton drawing. Um, spanker of a goal. For Gray, Damari Gray, for Demari, Demari, I'm not sure how to say his first name. Gray for Everton. He's made a bit of a habit of this when he, you know, he he hits a few nice ones. Um, 
Harlan was a bit of a pig in this game, wasn't he? Uh, an angry Harlan. This is a fun side for him. I didn't mind it. It's weird. I just it find there's, weird. I don't know, I just find there's something, I guess, given uh, we're big fans of the underdog and it, it feels weird seeing a player like Harland um, playing for a team like City, like feeling the need to get really aggressive when he <laughs> scores a goal against someone like Everton. Like just, just get on with it, pal. You're it better is- than that. It is deeply unsettling to see an immensely talented individual behave like that. No, most definitely. Um, Godfrey clearly got under his skin. And I think there was an incident where Godfrey went up for a header. And as he came down, his studs clipped like Harlan's Achilles or something. Yeah. That supposedly is what ticked him off. And, but, you know, there's that great, there's going to be that great meme now of him impersonating Godfrey behind him with his face all screwed up and his head bobbling around. Like, that's pretty funny. I don't mind that. Yeah. Um, but then the two-foot <laughs> lunging challenge that he makes afterwards, maybe that's where you draw the line with the behaviour. Yeah, he had some pretty extreme tackles that um, I don't know. I've seen him. I've seen him given, seen him given reds to people before. Um, but whatever. We don't. We're not advocating for every tackle to be a red card. So no, God, no. Personally, I love whatever. him. I thought they were great. Yeah, if he if he did get a red, we'd probably be on you. Well, you definitely would be on here saying it's uh the slide tackle's dead. So just cancel it. It's a travesty. Cancel it. Yeah. Um, you can't um come in the league dropping points to this rebel. Well, a valuable point though for Everton. They find themselves one point out of the drop zone at the moment. Ugh. I think every point's going to count for them at the moment. But for City, everyone still seems. I do too. I still seem set on this. The fact that they're probably going to go on a run during like February, March or like March, April, where they just win every game comfortably and they're just mounting up all these points and Arsenal won't be able to continue that run. I'm not sure. No, I think that's all well and good for them to do that. But in this kind of form at this rate, Arsenal dropping points isn't them going on a three-game losing streak. It's like a draw here in between a couple of wins and then another draw. And I just... I. I don't know if that's going to be enough for City to claw it back. Because like you said, they're definitely going to go on a three-month streak where they don't lose a game. Um, and they almost win every single one of those games. But I don't know. This Arsenal team, they give you a different kind of feel. They're young. They're unabashed. They don't they they don't fear anything, obviously. Um, the atmosphere and the energy is back at the Emirates and it just it feels good. Yeah. They were pretty impressive against Brighton. Um, found themselves oh, kind of a comfortable win. Just a few, a few laps in concentration led to led to some Brighton goals. But other than that, they were pretty electric. Uh, Erdegaard is just turning on his some player at the moment, and I love what he's my favorite player to watch in the league at the moment. The ball he played to Martinelli for that fourth goal was incredible. There was also some others. He he got himself a goal. There was another one where he could have gotten a assist, but Martinelli didn't score where he he was surrounded by defenders and he stopped the ball and he had his foot on top of it. He dragged the ball away from the defender and then rolled it using the top of his foot through the defender's legs for Martinelli to run onto. And it was just in the, in the blink of an eye and it was just absolutely gorgeous. But mm, that's yeah, what I had stuff. written down. Fuck me blind. That's gorgeous. <laughs> like... Fuck me blind. That's gorgeous. <laughs> Yeah, big, big, um, big one in the morning. By the time people listen to this, Arsenal will have played Newcastle, and that's, you know, that's going to be pretty big, I think. So, um, we'll, maybe I'll, I'll try and wake up or stay up to watch that. I don't know. 
I don't know. We've got a few hours Ooh. to kill. Maybe Let's we move could it get on. up and watch that. That'd be fun. Let's move it on. Um, Spurs lost to Villa 2-0 when Dion Lewis scored second half goals for Villa. I'm not sure that's so much the talking point. Um, perhaps this is, though, our man <laughs> Antonio Conte seems to have lost the plot a little bit, hasn't he? Um, this quote lost from him mm. saying, I want to be honest. I want to be very clear. I've, I have said this to the club. I have said my opinions. The fans deserve the best. Maybe to stay in fifth is the best. Maybe sixth, <laughs> seventh, fifth or fourth is the best. What the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> so fans, it's the best isn't actually what you think it is. The best is you needing to readjust your expectations. <laughs> you guys don't poor, deserve to win. For our, for, our poor football. That's what he's saying. Well, he, he can't. What? They can't be serious right now, can they? I don't mind it. I think this is like Tottenham fans, they kind of do give me the the impression that they are spoiled children who think that their parents earn way more money than they actually do. Perhaps. And they go they go to sit on Santa's lap and they're like, oh, I want a, I want a PlayStation 5. I want a fucking jetpack. I want, you know, whatever money can buy me. And, you know, Spurs do have those resources generally. And it, it that's been because of good business with Bale and uh, et cetera. But the idea that, you know, Conte can come out with a side that has Kane and Son, Kulisevsky, <clears throat> to, you know, then and play the way that they do, you know, to deliberately go behind in games, it seems, and then try and claw their way back. That is entirely on Conte and the players he can and can't bring in, whatever. Yeah. The way that they play is dismal. There's been so many times this season we've watched them and thought, what the fuck is this? It's um, I feel like it's already the beginning of the end of that relationship because mm, I know what I think what you said about the Spurs fans and their expectations. Um maybe maybe a bit different from the club itself, like the board. I think the like the board itself, they've been pretty set on making a challenge for the title. I think we've spoken about this before, like getting in someone like Mourinho. They did that because they wanted to try and win the league. Mm. Um, they went and got Conte from Inter because they wanted to try and win the league. Um, and it's just not, you know, they they have the players, like you said, they've got Kane, they've got Son. Well, they made that big effort to make sure they kept Harry Kane. Um, they don't really have all the pieces though. And, if Conte is going to start saying things like this, that's a very sure way to quickly get the fans offside and probably the board offside too. If you're just going to, if you're hired to come in and mount a title challenge and you don't, but you say that's the best we've got, then I think he'll find himself out the door pretty quickly. But it, it goes back to that age old question who comes in next? It does. Does the Premier League have such a big pool now that you can just go to uh, other European nation? Uh, leagues and just pinch their managers that have previously won the title or yeah. have most recently won. I don't know. Do they have I don't know how much. Sway? I don't know how much they'd be concerned with who is next. It's just like it would be just a matter of you can't keep someone at the club who's going to keep saying these things. So we'll see how it pans out. But that's, uh, I don't know. I kind of disagree. I kind of disagree because like you, you're seeing more. Um, I think pro- project managers like uh, the Arteta experience is going to influence everybody for the next 10 years I think where you actually get a guy and you give him four years and you give him a set amount of investment and you say you get this here and this here and this here 
And then you go, you move together basically. And you say, okay, well, in that case, I'm going to bring these kids through. We're going to balance it off. We're not going to burn them out in the first couple of seasons. We're actually going to mount a two, three, four year challenge. So at the fourth year, we're at the absolute peak of our powers. What if that coach, what if that coach says the best isn't, you're not going to win? Maybe that's what Conte's saying. Because didn't Arteta at a time say that our, you know, our intention isn't to win the league or our intention isn't to finish in the top two or Arsenal missed the Champions League for one of his seasons, didn't they? Like, I know that's a big financial hit, but if you do go into this with a long-term goal of establishing something, and I think you're seeing it with Potter at Chelsea, that that idea I think is there. Eddie Howe at Newcastle, I think the idea is there as well. Um, you know, Man United might try something different with Ten Hag. The, the revolving door of managers, has, like it has to stop at some point. It does. I'm not sure it stops here. I think um, probably, I don't know if Conte is the right guy uh, for like a project manager, as you're saying. Um, he's very much a let's get him in. Um, let's win something he's a hit, quickly. He's a hit man, and um, I'm not. He's not going to do it there. And I don't know. I'd be I'd be a little dirty. You know, maybe it could be clearer. But this isn't this isn't the only quote of his from this week. Uh, that's that's similar. So um, <laughs> I don't know. If I was he's a Spurs fan, I'd be up. I'd be pretty annoyed about it. But is what it is. Um, carrying on. Let's talk about Chelsea. They were held to a draw by Forrest. Not sure that's so much, you know, Forrest are going to, they're nabbing the odd point here and there. Chelsea, unreliable, either looking good and winning comfortably or just being straight up bad. Um, But they're in the market again. They're always in the market and there's plenty of rumours going around. Um, Have you seen any of these? I haven't. Lay them all out upon me. I want to get progressively more and more upset. Can you go from the least amount of money to the most amount of money? (laughs) I I can't. I've only got a few names here for you, but one of them is Chelsea uh, Celtics fullback Juranovic, who uh, made the World Cup squad for Croatia, got all the way through to a semi-final. Um, As I mentioned, he was absolutely awful against... Rangers last night in the old firm derby. Perhaps he so so sell him. Perhaps that's a sign he is already on the way out and mm. was less interested. Who knows? Um, mentality is a funny thing. But uh, Reese James out for a little while still. I think again he came back and hurt himself. I think. Okay, yeah, but apparently that's why they want they want to right back and they just saw this guy played good in the World Cup for a few games, so let's get him. Uh, they also have made a move for the Molde striker, David Fofana. Um, he's a 20-year-old striker playing in, uh, where's Molde? Norway, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Let's go with that. We'll, we'll go with that. Right. I thought um, you said the, the Maldives to begin with, and I was like, this, the, is the a, this is an exotic place to be. <laughs> well, in what sense, Sam? There's a rumour here that um, they're eyeing off McAllister as well. From Brighton, but that is oh, if that is that. if the big one falls through. Now the big one is the move for Benfica midfielder Enzo Fernandez, a uh, one young player of the tournament in Qatar for his role in Argentina's World Cup campaign. But allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> um, the club won't sell him for any lower than his 105 mil release clause. Apparently, Chelsea are going to do it anyway. That's going to pay above it and pay 120 <laughs> to get it done. This has, I was saying to some friends the other day, this has James Rodriguez 2.0 written all over it. The old, played six games in a World Cup, um, gets bought by someone big, 
uh, with all these expectations, weight of the world on his shoulders and doesn't turn out. I don't know how his career is going to turn out, but 120 mil seems like a lot of money for a 21-year-old midfielder from Benfica. I don't know, Sammy. Sounds like you've written him off. He hasn't even made the move yet. I haven't written him off, but Chelsea is still trying to break football. It's different gravy, the Premier League. So I would agree with you in that sense. Of course, they want to break football. They've been, you know, they haven't been out. Well, they have been outspent in some respects, but they've been outgunned. They've been spending. They have been spending. Yes, there's no. But all teams continue to spend. It's just the yeah. ever, ever, everlasting cycle of money being fucking given to each other. But he, um, Chelsea, they've just lacked that kind of glamour edge for a few years. Definitely post Mourinho. Yeah, I know they won the title with Conte or whatever, and. They won the Champions League as well, I think, but they just, they're not at the forefront of your imagination when you think Premier League anymore. And they reckon spending 200 million on this ragtag bunch of guys who had six good games uh, in the last couple of months is a good idea. Most yeah. recent form's your best form. Maybe that's the best way to go about it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this he looks like a decent player. I mean, obviously, I don't watch Benfica all the time. Um, what? But, How dare you? But he... you, you kill yourself a podcaster. <laughs> Can you settle down? Six games in a World Cup. I don't know. It's just it's just such a big... I feel like it's James Rodriguez 2.0. We'll, it's a we'll lot. see. They, we'll it see. would be a way wiser move to go for McAllister, given that he's played under Potter before and, you know, is all, of the same mold. He did have as big an impact. They're uh, pretty very different the players. They are different players, but very you know, with different. Chelsea, they're not signing for positions. They're signing for... <laughs> I don't even know what they're signing for. What are they signing for, for then? I, I have no idea. I honestly don't know. Are, are you going to sell that many shirts with Fernandez on the back? Like no, I, these rumors that it, they don't make sense because it's just they have so many players in this team, all of kind of a similar level. Well, I think with the Jorginho on the way down, Tante injured all the time. Uh, that would it makes sense to go for the holding midfielder. Um, Another one is the signing of Monaco defender Benoit Badiashil. That's apparently yeah. getting done. That, that'll happen, <laughs> I think, yeah. Yeah, and may have happened. I don't know. haven't checked. And the last little interesting bit is um, Lukaku is intent on Chelsea letting him stay at Inter and not returning. He wants to stay at Inter mm. when his uh, loan is up. Uh, he also said he wants to return to Anderlecht to finish his career eventually back in Belgium. He says he's nearly 30 and my son started school here and he plays in the Inter-Academy, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. I just find it's funny. Chelsea paid £97.5 million to get this guy back from Inter and um, ended up sending him on loan there anyway. I love the disrespect like Lukaku has for the idea of a contract. He's just like, no, I am going to tell you what I'm going to do and you guys are going to fucking do it. Why did he move? Why did he leave Inter in the first place? I'm doing the doing the the hand signal for money. The all taxes. Right. Nah, it's money. It's always money, Sammy. Uh, last one. Brentford rolled Liverpool <laughs> this morning. I don't know <laughs> if you caught any of this. It was honestly Brentford. It could have been like three, four up. They had a couple of disallowed ones for offside. Uh, they were very tight offsides. They were offsides. Um, no complaints with that. But it was just. They were getting bombarded with set pieces of Liverpool and they looked like they had no idea how to deal with it. Um, they found a way back through Oxlade-Chamberlain but then conceded again. Right, Brentford, um, I don't know. What are, what are Brentford and what Ooh, are Liverpool right now? Brentford are purring. We'll get them out of the way. They are silently 
but efficiently dismantling some of the best teams in this league. Mm. Up into seventh spot now. Two points behind um, Liverpool. Mm. I you'd be you'd be a brave man to rule them off uh, to rule them out. Um continuing to do things like this. Cause they're well organized team again. Another I wouldn't call it a project team, but it's you've maintained the same manager from promotion. Uh, they play that money ball kind of financial game. It's paying dividends, and the the guys that they bring in continually uh, continually flourish uh, in this system. So, I you know I wrote Brentford off I think last season, and have continually just been dumbfounded at the progress that they make every week, week on week. Yeah, results against City, Liverpool. Like it's it's good. It's good to see. It's like it's actually everything we've ever wanted in the Premier League. Like for someone to come up from the lower leagues and shoulder it with you know the mm. big boys. But for some reason it doesn't feel as good. I don't know why. I think it's because at the end of the day it still is just like the as good as they're doing, they're still just that seventh team, aren't they? <clears throat> I mean Chelsea Chelsea's sitting yeah. below in ninth, but you know, you're always expecting them to come back. Usually, you would have a top six there, and uh, you know, Newcastle were the outlier here this year, sitting in third. But mm. Brentford in seventh is just kind of—I don't know—it's it's fun to see the side that's up there, but it's like there is always someone's got to be seventh, you know, and that's where we start to get into the outside of those, you know, quote unquote big six clubs. <laughs> so there's got to be someone there. Oh, you've just shit on every kind of Brentford hopeful or even another Leicester moment right there. No, you're right. There has to be a seventh team. It's usually some random promoted team or a team that's had a good run of form. There's going to be someone and we're going to say well done to them, aren't we? Yeah. Um, On saying well done to Brentford, you know, they've never lost an EPL match uh, of which they've scored the opening goal. There you go. How many many do you reckon that is? Never, ever. I don't know. Never mind. They've only... I've, got, I've actually got this. I've actually got the numbers, yeah. So what, what's the question you're asking me? So Brentford, obviously, they've only had one and a half seasons in the Prem. Yes. Yeah. I can't remember when they went up. But when they've scored first, they've never lost a Premier League game. Wow. And I was, I was wondering how many times you thought that would be. Um, honestly, don't know. I couldn't even, I didn't even know where to start with a figure. Because I've read it and I was like, are you serious? 19 times that they've scored first and never lost? That's a crazy amount. It's pretty good. I was going to hear something like maybe 12, 13. Yeah. But That's yeah. what I thought. To see 19, 115, drawn four of them. Like, it's a good effort. So if they, score, fucking good, if they score first against you, you'd, you'd be happy to get away with the draw. Pretty much. And I'll be jumping on the live betting and backing them in. Because they're not going to slip this up. The, the <laughs> only, other, only other note I had on this was, ha, 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 how... Fucking average is Nunez. Oh, is he? Darwin. Darwin, Darwin, Darwin. Mm, he's, uh, he's, he's no Holland. He's I'm no hesitant. Mitrovic. I'm hesitant to say anything because he does continue to seem to put himself in uh, really, really good opportunities. Uh, he did nab a nice goal this morning, but he was offside just. Um, I don't know. He, I feel like the chances are there and maybe... Give him another season. We'll see how we're going. But uh, there's potential there because he's he's doing everything else right. It's just not finishing at the moment. Yeah, I don't I'm know. I'm trying to be kind I, for our Liverpool listeners, but yeah. 
mm, I think you begin to hang on for dear life sooner rather than later with that kind of thing. Because if they're not scoring the chances. It's going to cost you points. And who's to say that you will eventually score the chances? Like he is being given opportunities. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'll be getting good stuff. All right. I think that's pretty much good. Gakpo, you reckon? That's pretty much it. That's all I got. Um, Quick little Syria that comes back Wednesday night for anyone with KO or Foxtel being sports. Mm. 10 o'clock. This is that fixture. I can't remember what they call it. There's a there's an Italian name for it, and I, I don't have it, forgive me, but it's where they play all, all 20 teams play in the same night. So there's five kickoff times with two games at each kickoff time. So kickoffs running back-to-back from 10 p.m. our time, midnight, 2 a.m., 4 a.m., 6 a.m. So I'm not sure many of our listeners are into that, but if you are into that, there's 20 Serie A games to kick into, starting with Milan away to Salerno. Um, They've had a fair break. They've only played 15 games in Serie A so far because there's been so much football and then the World Cup interruption. So they still have another 20, 23 fixtures still to play in the 2023 calendar year. So, um, yeah, Napoli go into it with an eight-point lead over Milan in second, Juve third, Lazio fourth into fifth, right down to Atalanta, Roma, Udinese. Good league, exciting stuff. I can't wait for it to be back because you all know I love it and I'm going to froth it. Can't wait to tell you all about it on next week's episode. (laughs) It's a good thing that they are squeezing them all into one day considering how many games they've got left. Do it more, yeah. I say. Do it more. Do it more. It's good for it's it's good for the punt, isn't it? Uh, we, no, we don't need to talk about the punt. It's fine. No, nah. all right. No, no, no. You got anything else is. you want to add this week? Uh, just what my multi will be coming up over the no. next. No, of- no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's not funny. What the game's about. All right, done. Wrap it. Yep. You good? <laughs> yep. Looking forward to it. Are we going to do? You don't want to tell week? everyone your. You don't want to tell everyone your multi. No. No. Okay. No way. All right. No, no way. Goodbye. Enjoy your night. I don't want anyone else to win. See ya.